also that freaky thing with like movie trailers playing on my browser. Yeah. It was a virus. Oh. <laughs> Although I've got so many antivirus running, I don't know how it slipped through. Oh, they're ahead of you. They are, those bastards. Some of the antivirus is actually virus in disguise. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? Oh, just baking away here in the Florida heat. But it's September. Is it? Yeah. Somebody needs to tell the uh, <laughs> the weather. I mean, Florida is the literal pit of hell, so you may not get much relief. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> yes. I was looking for a while like you might get hit by a hurricane, but it turned. Yeah. So. Kind of disappointed. We haven't had a good storm in a while. Oh, you jinxed it, man. <laughs> you just jinxed that shit. Well, there's another one going off the coast of Africa right now, so, you know. Yeah, but that one says it's going to stay at sea. Does it? Yep. Oh. Well, maybe the next one. Shit's ramping up. You know, there's only a couple more months. Mother Earth wants to kill somebody this year, I'm sure. <laughs> I did read something where, like, all the crazy storms that are coming across the country are going to, like, be repelling anything in the Atlantic, so... Hmm. That might be interesting. It might be coming from the other way. All of a sudden, you might be getting, like, these major storms from, like, the middle of the country. That's wipe crazy. Wipe out a bunch of people. Well, that's that's global warming. Mm. Or climate change. Let's not call it global it's, warming because that pisses people off. Well, as long as they're red states. <laughs> There's some good people in the red states, though. Really? Yeah. Then why are they in red states? Uh, maybe they're stuck. Uh, that's true. Maybe they don't really get, like, you know, they don't have the opportunity or the money to move out of the red state. I mean, because like the places you'd really want to live that are like doing good things that are blue states, it's really hard to move into those states anyway without like a decent like bankroll behind you. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I'm sure it's real easy to move into Texas, but who the fuck wants to live in Texas? Uh, no one. Yeah. I don't even want to visit Texas. No? No. Like, if I was flying somewhere and, like, there was an option to do a layover in Texas, I'd go with the more expensive flight that makes it so I don't have to stop in Texas. Mm. I've never met anybody good from Texas. Personal experience. Uh, I have. Have you? Yeah. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm sure there's one or two good ones. I haven't encountered any of them, though. So, you know, is what it is. Uh, we shall see. <laughs> I say we give Texas back to Mexico. 
I think that'd be amazing. And then, you know, then there's no border crisis. That would be great. You know, they can all work in the oil fields and <laughs> the the, uh, the ranches and stuff. There you go. Yeah. That sounds that sound like a good thing to me. There we go. All right. Get on that. Call up Joe. I had to get somebody to wake him up. What did you think of his little speech with the red lights and the military behind him? Uh, <laughs> I think he's finally saying, fuck you, MAGA. I mean, uh, look, I like the dark Brandon shit. I like the fact that like he's he is now not giving a shit about what people think of him. And like he's just going to go out there and speak his mind and stuff. Um. And I really like the fact that he's leaning into that because now you can go up to the people with the with the let's go Brandon stickers and be like, I know, right? He's really fucking around with the Republicans <laughs> and like just turn it around on him. So I, right. I kind of like that they're doing that. And I love the fact that who's ever running the social media for the White House is on this <sighs> tear of like, we're going to fact check everybody and they're not going to like what we have to say. Right. That is fucking amazing. So good for them. So I'm I'm kind of happy. But it was a little weird that speech. Uh, yeah. With the red lights and the stuff. Well, is what it is. I know. And I'm glad he's doing it. I'm glad he's not just sitting there and taking all the bullshit that they're like trying to pin on him I guess there's a fund to sue him or to fucking <sighs> impeach him when the Republicans like win the house back or whatever and it's like what are you gonna impeach him for yeah you already lost Alaska his son like like well you know and <laughs> yeah there's that bullshit and then you find out that Lindsey Graham received eight hundred thousand dollars from some Russian yeah yep. it's like all right you, you just gotta bring out the paddy wagon just park it outside the senate building and start loading them in and maybe you put a fake door on it that <laughs> says free candy or something <laughs> you know and it's funny because everybody's like the the fucking republicans are still screaming about fucking hillary and her her email server, email server? and it's yeah. like well maybe she should go away too like if sure. we need to hold everybody accountable, it's not just the right. team you like the best. Right. It should fucking be everybody because then that will scare everybody else into line. And maybe we'd have some honest fucking politicians for once. I don't know. It's going to take a while to get there. Well, it better. Let's start now. You know, maybe maybe by the time shit shakes out, it'll be in a decent society. Yeah. Who knows? For our grandkids. <laughs> so yeah. And I uh, do I do love that all the Republicans are bitching that that Trump would never have left the secret information out in the open, like in the picture. Right. And it's like, so if you've never seen CSI, have you never seen any kind of like 
like evidence photo law enforcement show where they're taking evidence photos of things where they lay it out to show you exactly what's there. Yep. Oh no, they're calling Trump a slob. Well, I mean, <laughs> if the shoe fits. Yeah. But I don't believe he just had him thrown in there. I do believe that they were hidden in the box with all the Time magazine covers. That for a reason. Yeah. That so people would look in there and be like, oh, they're just Time magazine covers. You know, I'd be more worried about the empty folders and what happened to the information inside them. That's terrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know who you know who his friends are. So who's to say he hasn't already given stuff away, you know? And with the amount of CIA operative deaths that there were around the time he got some of these briefings, mm-hmm. like um, they should really be like closing that noose on around his neck. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a huge red flag. I would assume that if they're that far into like grand jury and evidence collecting and shit like that, there's, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we know. Like the shit that's coming about like what he's done is going to be amazingly horrible. Mm-hmm. And yet people would still vote for him. I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, what a horrible world we live in. I, w- I asked for the timeline where everything was like hunky-dory. Um, which that. one is that? <laughs> That's the one where everything's hunky-dory. Back when FDR was in in the office for four terms. <laughs> well, I, see, I don't know. I wasn't alive then, so I don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. History books write it one way, but was it really the other? Like, I don't know. Well, history's written by the winners. That's right. Which is why Trump will never write history. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> so we, I was it last week we were talking about the Flash movie and Ezra Miller being a basket case? Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Well, apparently he's seeking treatment. I saw that. I saw he basically, I, I'm guessing that um, Warner Brothers pulled him aside and probably threatened to sue him for the money that they paid him. You don't something. think they, they read the same article I did and said, hey, all right, step one, we try to get him into ther- into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it was awful apologetic for somebody who didn't give a fuck recently. Right. And so, like, this whole thing of, like, you know, Warner Brothers coming out and saying because The Flash is so instrumental in their future plans for DC that they can't replace them. Um, I'm sure they laid into him and was like, look, this ends now or we're going to sue you for the money and shit. And like some kind of weird wake up call for him to turn around and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But that seems to be a habit with the DC universe. Cause that happened with the, 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 the first Batwoman where she came out and, you know, she was quitting. She was a, 
abuse. She With was, you know, Ruby all these Rose? injuries. Ruby Rose. Yeah. And then, like, you know, a few weeks to a month later, it's all of a sudden, no, we left on good terms. I'm just in, I've just had so many injuries. I can't keep this pace up. And it's like, hmm. Because I'm sure buried in the contracts these people sign is some kind of protection for Warner Brothers and DC about shit talking. And nobody ever reads the contract. And it's, right. you know, it's just standard contract. Don't worry about it. Just sign it. And so they do, and then they start bad mouthing, and then they get they get a visit from a lawyer or, or something, or a letter, and it's like, all right, well you're you're violating this contract, which means you pay us all the money back, and then they're like, oh shit, okay, I'll I'll change my tune, and then it's oh I was just hurt, yeah, I don't know what I was saying. Oh no, that's not what I meant when I said they were all assholes. What I meant was I hurt. <laughs> I'm so sore. Uh, see, I'm wondering whether or not Gina Carano had something like that because for all the shit with that happened with Star Wars, she hasn't really badmouthed them. Like, like she started to, and then it kind of went away. And I, I. I think she's smart enough to realize that being in Star Wars is a cash cow. Yeah. You know, she never has to, to work again. She can just go on, on the convention circuit with uh, Stephen Amell. <laughs> but she's going to make crappy right-wing Breitbart movies now. Well, good for them. <laughs> you know, see... see mm. See how long she's invited to cons when she becomes controversial. I guess. After she does a movie with Kirk Cameron. <laughs> ah, yes, the lofty goals of the Kirk Cameron life trajectory. Yes. Frightening. Yeah. Very frightening. Did you watch anything good this week? Uh, She-Hulk. Yeah, what'd you think of twerking She-Hulk? I, uh, I don't understand how you can claim me too, and then you're butt dancing on TV. It's a little weird. And it's like, I, I... I understand you've got a beautiful body. It's yours. You shouldn't be objectified, but yet you're doing something that causes you to be objectified. Yeah. And, you know, Megan the Stallion of the very popular WAP uh-huh. should not be on anything owned by the Walt Disney Company. It's a definite weird cameo. Yep. It's... And I guess they're saying that since she shot, signed with She-Hulk at the end, that she has superpowers of some sort. Since uh, She-Hulk, yes. it runs the the superpowered person part of the the lawyer office. Maybe. Um. Yeah. So when they first said her name, I was like, "There's no way that they got her to be in this." Right. And when when it went to the court case. And it's it's the elf. Yep. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's how they got out of not having to have Megan the Stallion on there. Okay. Yep. And then there she is, and it's like, she, wow, okay. 
Yeah. So I thought the elf was very funny. So do you think that this is the cameo that Tatiana had talked about with the somebody she's always admired and wanted to work with? Ew, really? I don't know. I I would hope she's got bigger goals in mind. <laughs> Just hoping. You know, it but was a, a lifelong ambition to twerk with with the stallion. I don't know. It's it. Look, I genuinely liked the episode. I liked that they've settled into this weird um, comedy procedural law show. Mm-hmm. Like the first couple episodes were kind of like the origin story, and this is kind of what the next ones are going to be, where there's an A plot and a B plot. And I love the the fourth wall break when Pug comes into the to the bar and she sticks her head in the screen and says, we're connecting the a pot and a B plot. Awesome. And then leans backwards. Right. Like that. I really appreciated. Um, and I liked, I liked the show in general. That was just a really weird call for Marvel mm-hmm. to be like, that's what we're going with. I don't know. We'll see if it, it continues. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I did like the beginning where she breaks the fourth wall and she's like, so just so you know, this isn't going to be one of those shows where there's like cameos every week. And then there's a cameo. (laughs) Right. Well, and she's like, you know, she's like, well, except for. uh, Except for uh, Bruce, right? Except for Bruce. And then it's. Oh, and. (laughs) And Wong. uh, And yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I hope it continues to do well. I'm interested to see where they're going to take this whole CSI version. It's got it's it's about the same amount of ratings as Hawkeye had. Okay. And he was second to last with the exception of Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel was the worst viewed show so far on Disney Plus. Okay. Um and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the the anti-female comments that appeared in the show uh, right. like were taken from actual people when the She-Hulk show was announced. Right. So it's kind of showing you the mindset. Um, and I think that's kind of, I think along with Marvel Burnout, I think a lot of people are like, why do I need to watch this? Like, is she going to be in any of the movies do we care about She-Hulk you know it seems like they're setting up the abomination for the Thunderbolts yeah so is that what this is for is that just so that you can move that character into a different position to pick him up later like I don't know but I'm sure Julia Louise Dreyfus will show up at some point probably in an end credit scene somewhere to get the abomination on board yes um, as she's been doing so I don't know I'm I like the fact that every TV show has been a different genre and I like that this they're they're playing on the comedic um, and the procedural to kind of give you something that you hadn't seen before for Marvel 
So right. I at least appreciate that. Um, I'll, let's see what goes. I'm waiting for Daredevil to show up at some point. So, well, we know he is, right? Yeah, but I don't want it to be the last scene of the last episode. You know, but I, that that could signal the return of Daredevil, though. But we already know he's coming back. No, but I mean, like his own series. He, we know he already has a series. Wow. He might have been on the boat for that announcement. Oh, I might have been. Yeah. Oh, well, good for him. Yep, he's coming back. Um, um, Vincent D'Onofrio is coming back for it. Cool. Um, there was no word, though, about the dude that played Froggy. Um, I was just going to say. And what's her name that played Karen? Do you notice the weird names Marvel gives lawyers? Froggy, Pug. Yeah. She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's always... What do they call that where the first name and the last name start with the same letter? Alliteration. Alliteration. There's a ton of that in Marvel, Yes. Fing-fang-foom. Like yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you look at that shit and you're like, did they just not know how to name people or like right you know but hopefully the daredevil thing is more than just a cameo i'd like to see him in a couple episodes uh i would too it makes perfect sense yeah he's a lawyer she's a lawyer maybe they'll they'll meet in the the hallway of a court case i mean uh, is she taking place in la i thought it was new york is it new york Although, well, I don't know. Where does she Hulk? Maybe it is LA. Place. Um Chicago. It's supposed to be Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So he'd need a reason to either go to LA or she would need a reason to be in New York. Hmm. And maybe one of those cases where, you know, one of the super powered people runs amok, she winds up in New York. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe Daredevil has moved to L.A. Out of Hill's Kitchen, though, that'd be really weird. Yeah. I mean, that's his whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he's got. Did you see there was a there was a video floating around of, I guess, uh, Marvel sent out. Jamila Jamil in costume. No. To paper over the She-Hulk like banners that are, I guess, around LA. Oh, really? With like her own character posters and stuff. Yeah. I saw I saw a real quick clip of it on Reddit. Um, but apparently it was her in costume. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Interesting. Did you watch um, uh, the Lord of the Rings TV show by any chance? I did not. No? I was trying to avoid the hype. It's it's gorgeous. It's okay. one of, I mean, it's the most expensive TV show ever made, and it shows it. I mean, there's cinema-level visual effects, and um, they have honored all the designs of the Peter Jackson movies, I guess, as a way to not confuse people. Okay. So, um, a lot of the stuff that you see that, that 
has been told in Lord of the Rings, like characters and stuff look like they did in the Peter Jackson movies, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah. Um, it's, I've only watched one of the, they released two of them and I only watched the first one. Um, but I was very impressed with the way it looked. Um, it's hard to tell what the story is going to be from the first one. Cause you're introducing characters and sure, you know, all of that shit. Um, but, it's fucking gorgeous. I mean, it's yeah. it's absolutely out of this world. Did they need to spend that much money on it? I don't know. Because I also thought that House of the Dragon on HBO is really good looking too for all the dragons and stuff that they have to do this time um, and all the set extensions and shit like that. So they're doing it on a cheaper budget. So I don't know if they really needed to go as outlandish as they did. Okay. But... I mean, both of those TV shows, if you like fantasy, are out at the same time, and they're both based on things that you've probably seen before. So, you know, if you like that kind of thing, it's probably worth checking out. All right. You know, in some way or the other. Right. Did you see the trailer for the new Winnie the Pooh movie? I saw a headline... It's like called Blood and Honey or something? Yes. It so I didn't know whether or not that was an actual thing that was going on. Uh it is. Oh, okay. Um the trailer's very interesting. Apparently after Christopher Robin went off to college, uh he abandoned Pooh and Friends and they went feral. Oh. So he's like he's like trying to find the hundred acre wood and Winnie the Pooh's house and um he comes upon Eeyore's grave. <laughs> I mean, so is this a is this an actual like fully produced film? Yes. Oh, and like skulls and shit. Holy shit. Oh, it's yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it, I, I, I think you should watch the trailer. I mean, I've got it playing without any sound. Okay. Because when I first saw it, I just saw stills from it. And it's like, oh, this is kind of like a, a slasher movie about two guys in masks who look like Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and... And then um, I saw, no, they're kind of saying that this is Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Oh, damn. Piglet just took somebody out in a pool. Yes. It's very disturbing. And how are they getting away with this? Winnie the Pooh is now public domain. So you can, you know, you can do whatever you want with the characters now. Oh, wow. Well, actually, let me, yeah. They can't use the likenesses or the same designs, 
but they can use the same characters in content. Okay. But I mean, it's definitely the Winnie the Pooh with the red shirt. Yes. But you're not going to confuse that with the cartoon. Okay. You're not going to go to Disney World and have a little kid screaming because she's afraid Winnie the Pooh is going to like snap her neck. <laughs> How do you know, though? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently in 2024, Disney loses the rights to uh, Mickey and Steamboat Willie. So they can't create new content with Mickey Mouse because he's copyrighted. But they can do new content with him as he appears in that cartoon. In Steamboat Willie as that yes. character. Yes. Okay. Huh. Yeah, see, copyright is so weird that way. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because everybody was online going like, Disney's going to lose Mickey Mouse. And it's like, well, no, he's he's trademarked and copyrighted. But the stuff that's that is like 100 years old or whatever. Yep. Then goes in the public domain. So what if Disney between now and then did another short with him as Steamboat Willie? Um, do they get that back? No, because I don't think they could do another short in that same style. Oh, it's got to be the same style. Yeah. Oh, so they, you know, you couldn't do the new, uh, Ren and Stimpy version of, of Steamboat Willie and take back the cop, take back the, uh, yeah, the, the copyright. You don't think Disney would like, like do some kind of weird contest of like, like who likes to do hand-drawn animation? Sure. Let's do, let's do Steamboat Willie in the original style. Sure. <laughs> if they feel it's worth doing. Right. If that would get it back, but yeah, I don't know. Bizarre. Very Bizarre. Speaking of Disney, I watched something on Disney Plus that I didn't know if you've seen. Um, it's from a couple of years ago, but it's, um, what was it called? It was like Journey into the Archive. Okay. Have you seen that? I don't think so. Where, um, Journey, now I got to find it, into... No, that must not be what it's called then. Let's just do this. Uh, Adventure Through the Walt Disney Archives. It's an hour long. Um, um, it's hosted by uh, Don Hahn, who is a, yep. he, he was an executive producer on some of the live action stuff. Um, and, it, and an animator. And an animator. And he's, he's, um, the whole premise of the hour long thing is he's trying to get the Walt's office okay. at the, at the archives. And he goes through every, most of the, most of the departments that are at the archives. And it kind of shows you this, um, behind the scenes. A lot of it, a lot of the stuff was seen in that prop culture show uh -huh. from a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, but, there are things in there that I had never seen before. And like 
I've seen photos of Walt's office, but there's also a second office that Walt had. Okay. That was next to the public office where he (laughs) did his day-to-day stuff. Okay. And then inside that office was a kitchen. And so, like, all of it's been restored to when Walt was there. Um, You know, so they go through, like, what he was working on, and there's a big Disneyland thing on the on the wall with what was coming and what was now open. And it was just a really interesting look at like the archives and the amount that they have saved because they've saved everything. And so they've, they were walking through um, like the prop department and sitting on the back wall is like things from sky high and things from, um, Oh, what was the other thing? Um, there was like recognizable things from like Disney shows and movies that you would be like, Oh, why would they even save that? Mm. But it's Disney. So they've saved everything and how like, it's not just an archive that like they actually do displays and they send this stuff out and the, the restaurant in Disneyland that actually has like a glass case where they swap things in and out of all the time. Yeah. It was an interesting look inside. Like if you like, Disney history like they have um, at one point they bring out the mouse that Walt had in the train in that famous shot of of opening day at Disneyland where he's driving the train and the stuffed Mickey Mouse is out the window yeah they have that Mickey Mouse okay and they have the name tag that he was wearing that day with the big number one on it and it's like made of brass and like things that I had never seen before um, that you would, you wouldn't even think that like that shit would still be around. Yeah. But they have it all. And they, they go through like the animator maquettes. They go through um, um, glass mat paintings. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. So if you haven't seen it and I mean, it's only like an hour, but I mean, Kurt Russell shows up in this, uh, Mark Hamill has a big section of it. Kevin Feige, like a whole bunch oh. of people. I have to watch that. And it it has D twenty three at the front, so I'm assuming this was something that they showed at one of the conventions that like in 2020, or oh. that they were gonna they were gonna show in 2020 maybe, and then they canceled it. I don't know. So it went it wound up on Disney Plus. Okay. But it's I've always had a thing for like archives and props and stuff, so seeing some of the stuff was very cool. And again, there's there's a bunch of stuff that shows up in here that's that was also in like the prop uh, prop culture TV show that's also on Disney Plus. Like they're showing the the carpet bag and the and the horses from um, Mary Poppins from Mary Poppins and stuff like that. But if you're eagle eyed and you're looking in the background at stuff, you're like, oh, look, there's that thing and there's that and there's that. It's just very cool to see that they've preserved it. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that they also mentioned is that since they've bought Fox, they have they have maintained Fox's archive as well. Sure. And so there's one point when there's like a um, a poster for like Alien Three or something on the table, and the guy's like what is this? And so they, they explained to him that they have like 400,000 pieces from Fox that they're now incorporating into their 
archive, hmm. which is, you know, millions of pieces of stuff. Right. You know, Disney doesn't throw anything away when they take off when they take apart a ride most of it winds up in the archives or whatever right so you know there's all kinds of that kind of stuff too sounds very cool I have this vision of the future when they get rid of uh, Galaxy's Edge that they tote the the Millennium Falcon off somewhere to just live in a big empty like storeroom somewhere well they have two when there possibly would be a third yeah well <laughs> so it'd be like playing Hollywood see that surprises me that Disney never did that with all that stuff well there have been plans they've just never come to uh, fruition oh. originally the uh, when Pleasure Island was, was abandoned they were looking at creating a Disney themed restaurant multi-level called the warehouse. Okay. Which would have a bunch of that shit in it. Okay. And you could like, you know, you could have, have drinks in a teacup or a flying elephant or, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, one of the things that they, that they did show was there's a whole division at the archives that are doing photogrammetry of of props and mm-hmm. pieces and they have like they have gone in and digitized like ride vehicles and stuff yeah. that they can then go back into and like recreate later on if they wanted to like repurpose it for something else mm-hmm. and that shit's cool I mean yeah that uh, I love that stuff so yeah if if anybody's interested adventures through the Walt Disney archives is the name of the documentary all right I'm putting that on my my must watch list <laughs> There's a couple of really good like makings of on Disney Plus now. Yeah. So it's always fun to see what pops up in that. They also had one and we went through it, but like um, we didn't watch any of them. We just wanted to see what was there. But there's like a whole um, it's like 48 episodes or something of seven minute videos of different jobs around Disney. And like, it's everything from people that work at, um, Marvel and Pixar down to like, uh, there's one for an animal keeper at, at animal kingdom. Wow. And so like there's 48 of these things and they, they encompass the entire company. And I looked at it and I meant to mark it and now I can't find it anymore. So I don't know what it's called. But I mean, it's it's cool that they're that that stuff is out, especially if you like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, definitely. That sounds very cool. I'm trying to find it. Um. It would be nice, though, if if Disney Plus knew what I had already watched and didn't recommend stuff that I had already seen. (laughs) What do you want for eight bucks a month? Come on. It's going to go up, though. Yeah. And they'll probably take away a bunch of shit. You know. Why would they do that? I don't know. 
Um, do they have a thing for like actual documentaries on here? Would that be in the originals? Specials? Mm-hmm. That's where some of them are. Assembled under the helmet, High School Musical, Dory's Reef Cam. Come on. I'll have to find it and write it down. But I thought it was interesting that they actually like produce that stuff. We could just take a camera down to Disneyland and Disney World and just interview people and then try to sell it to Disney. <sighs> Didn't we think about doing that at one point? Yes. I still think it would work, though. With the, the theme song by Huey Lewis, Working for a Living? Yeah. <laughs> we were ahead of our time. Is what I've come we to were. realize. Yes. Because the I think I think the thing was like, where would they ever show that? <laughs> <laughs> and here well, we are. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, that's not it. I don't know. I'll have to find it. Definitely ahead of our time. Have you had a chance? Well, you don't have, you still don't have the streaming version of Netflix, right? No, I don't have Netflix. Period. Oh, you got rid of the DVD thing? Oh yeah, years ago. Oh, I thought you were still doing the DVD thing. No. Um, I've been watching Sandman. Yes. Which is, have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I like it. With the caveat of I don't know how to deal with the main actor. Okay. It's a very monotone performance of Well, he's the Sandman. Dream. He's not supposed to be engaged. But it's difficult to watch. Huh. It's difficult for me to like care about what he's doing. Okay. Because it literally is like I've come here in order to make your dreams come true. <laughs> and like, he doesn't really move his mouth a whole lot. That's bizarre. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm like, I like it's Neil Gaiman. I've loved all the other stuff that they've produced with, with him. And because he's the main character, it's all in your face. And there's a, it really sounds like 99% of the show was, it was 80 yard after the fact. Okay. Um, because the audio doesn't quite match the tone of what's around them. Oh. And so like, there's this episode where they're out in a park and it's him and death are talking. And what should be kind of like a very flat sounding, voice track has an echo to it as if they were standing in a room recording it. And I'm like, okay, are we just ADR in this? Did something happen to the audio tracks that where they had to come back in and be like, we're changing it all. It's, it's very weird. And I want to like it. I want to be like, this is an awesome show. And it is for all intents and purposes. 
I mean, it's got an amazing cast to it. Um, but it's hard to watch the main dude act. Huh. And I use act generously. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think the program you were talking about was called One Day at Disney Shorts. Uh, Starts with Eric Goldberg, Sage Steele, Bob Iger. Is there like 47 of them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Finding, the, Finding Nemo is on there, the musical. Yes, this is this is it. And it, it encompasses like every facet of of um, the company. Interesting. There's a park decorator from Main Street USA. There's a helicopter reporter. Like it's it's everything. Imagineering creative director. Eric Baker. Mm-hmm. Zama Magadulela. Who plays Rafiki in The Lion King in Spain? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that, like, there's 51 of them and they're all like seven minutes apiece. Okay. Yeah, Eric Baker, who doesn't work for Disney anymore, <laughs> is working on the, uh, the new Universal Adventure Park. Oh. Well, I'm glad they made one for him. This yeah. is 2019, so. It's right in the middle of Galaxy's Edge. I'm really surprised that Joe Rody doesn't have one. But I guess he's been well, in enough of those other ones. The, the, the other docuseries that they did, uh, was it Behind the Attractions? I think that's what yes, it was called? Yes. He was in a bunch of those, so maybe yeah. they were just like, meh. Everybody knows who that is. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe they're, I was going to say, maybe they were looking to introduce people you haven't seen before, but then you've got Robin Roberts and <laughs> the fa- the cast and crew of Modern Family. Uh, yeah. But it's all one big, it's all one big company. It is. Nobody's more important than anybody other. Oh, wait, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, have you seen these news stories about all of these Russian oligarchs who are have been dying in the past several months? Well, because they're, you know, they're they're back talking their leader about the war in the, the, in Ukraine. Yes. Suddenly they're all just being blown up in cars or being dropped out of windows or very old school. Well, three days ago, it was the 67 year old CEO of a Russian oil company who fell out of a hospital window. (laughs) Now, how does that happen? How, how do you accidentally, he just (laughs) fell out, man. Like, have you ever been in a hospital where the windows open? No. See, (laughs) (laughs) no, but along those same lines, um, is this the Bed Bath and Beyond guy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who fell from a skyscraper after <laughs> announcing he's going to close stores and lay people off? 
Yeah, that really feels like a like he didn't know what to do with himself, so he flung himself from the from a high rise. Oh, if only some other people would do that. <laughs> that would be heaven. Yeah, he was 52 years old. He was found unconscious and unresponsive outside his 57-story skyscraper where he flung himself off of the the balcony. I mean, 57 stories, if he was conscious, I'd be really surprised. Yeah. Um So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that I'm sure his brain was like next to him on the pavement. Ew. But yeah, I mean, it was it was reported that like Bed Bath and Beyond were going to close a bunch of stores and lay off like twenty percent of their people. Yep. And maybe this guy felt terrible about it. You know, maybe maybe he really was like really trying to help, and there was no other way but to do this, and he felt like super awful about it. Yeah, could be. Apparently, his wife witnessed the jump. <gasps> That's going to fuck her up. <laughs> well, the source said that while no suicide note was found, no criminality is suspected. Hmm. You think that she was like, you son of a bitch, you're going to you're going to destroy this family and just kick them out the window. You're a loser. You've never been anything but a loser. <laughs> oh, Melania, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> he was instrumental in guiding the organization throughout the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, it's still going on. I don't know why everybody keeps saying that it's not. Transforming the company's financial foundation and building a strong and talented team. I mean, that's not over? You would think so. I, I mean, thought we moved on to monkeypox. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the video that's come out of fucking um, Dragon Con, but it's fucking shoulder to shoulder. People oh, yeah. like coughing and sneezing on each other, and it's like, oh, God, nobody's wearing a mask. I mean, I guess I guess at this point, everybody's going to get it at some point. Well, I've already got it, so oh. I'm good. <laughs> I went to I went to my doctor for my yearly checkup this week. And yeah, it's MUSC is a is a training school. Um, so there's always there's always like um, a student doctor with them. Okay. And so he sent the student doctor in to talk to me and the student doctor asked me if I had gotten COVID yet. He was wearing a mask. I was wearing a mask. Like, and I said, no, I hadn't. And he said, really? You two and a half years with no COVID. I said, yeah. I mean, I just did what I was told. Right. And he was like, I've gotten it four times. And the I was doctor? like, the doctor, or the, the wow. or the, the, um, the, the student, the yeah. doctor in training. The play doctor. Yeah. And I was like four times. He's like every time there was a different strain being that we were in the hospital, everybody in the class would get it. And so he's had it four times and I was like, holy shit. Wow. Do you think you had it and you just didn't know? I mean, it's possible. I took, I took a ton of precautions. Like, you know, when it was, when they said that like, Oh, vitamin D and vitamin C might be helpful. I was already taking vitamin D and so I just added like a multivitamin one a day thing. Um, wore the mask wherever I was. So if I had it, I was asymptomatic for sure. There's okay. never been a time when I've been like, oh, this might be COVID. Like I've actually not been sick in the last two and a half years. 
So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure at some point I will get it just as like, you know, every once in a while you get the flu. And so, you know, since that's what we're treating it like now, that it's endemic and not a pandemic, um, I'm sure at some point I will touch the wrong thing and rub my nose and then get COVID from it. I don't think I'll die from it though. So, you know, at least I hope not. Yeah. That would suck. You know, all this time that I've done everything and then you die from it. <laughs> yes. You survived. Survived all this time. Only to get hit by a bus. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's always a possibility. You've just got to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and your life's over. But see, that's kind of beyond my control. Yeah. Like, actually doing stuff during the pandemic to shield myself and my family and stuff was something that I could control. So uh, that's what I did. Right. But, you know, I, you know, at this point I'm just doing it for me. <laughs> Fuck everybody else. That's it. I don't really care about them anymore. But I mean, I have gotten dirty looks for, for wearing a mask and stuff too. Yeah. Which is always weird. But it's the South, so what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. And I still see people wearing masks in, in crowded stores, but it's like, you know, just over their mouth or it's on their chin. It's like, you know, you're not <laughs> You might as well doing just take a, it off. Just take it off. You're just too fucking stupid to live. Take it off. <laughs> I mean, I will say, um, from the the people here that I see wearing a mask and a lot of it is like African-American people. Um, there's some Hispanic people, not a lot of white people are wearing masks still, but when I do see masks, they're being worn correctly and it's like, okay, that's all I can really ask for. Like if you're going to try to protect yourself, at least fucking do it right. So yeah, I mean, I was at the car dealership yesterday getting my oil changed and it was, the people that were in there that were mainly African-American all had masks on and they were wearing them correctly. Cause if you're going to sit in a little fucking waiting room and people mm. coughing and sneezing, you might as well. Yep. Yep. I went, I've got a doctor's appointment this week. So I went to have blood work done last week mm -hmm. and there's big sign on the door, you know, everybody in, in, in the, uh, the lab must wear a mask. I was wearing my mask and all these people came in behind me at different times and not one of them was able to read. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. When I went to my doctor, it was anybody who's fully vaccinated masks are optional, but I wore mine anyway because right. I don't want to get somebody sick if I was carrying something like, you know? Yeah. But, Nobody else cares. Not their problem. Okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not asking them to wear a mask. Don't give me dirty looks for wearing one. That's all I ask. Yep. 
but I've a story that I didn't tell you. Um, yes. Um, my wife went to the local Walmart here a couple of weeks ago and she was wearing a, um, Whitney Houston t-shirt. Okay. Cause she likes Whitney Houston music and she had a white woman stopper not wearing a mask and ask her why she was wearing the t-shirt. And my wife just looked at her and went, what are you, what are you asking? And she goes, you don't think that that promotes drug use? Yes. That's why I'm wearing it. And she said, I like her music. It's not like it's a picture of her dead in the bathtub. Right. It's, you know, whatever one of the famous album covers was, but it's like, can't people just mind their own fucking business? People are wearing fucking Trump shirts and like they, that promotes fucking fascism. Right. So what the fuck? But if I was to say that I'd be in the wrong, but this woman can just walk up to somebody and be like, Hey, how come you're wearing that shirt? It's like, fuck you. <laughs> but that's what you get in South Carolina. You get that fucking sense of entitlement from these people. Yeah. Oh, I can say whatever I want cause I'm white and it's like, fuck you. I'm white. Does that mean I can tell them to fuck off? Because I'm gonna. <laughs> so, yeah. Fuck these people. Yeah. It's a wonderful world we live in. <laughs> We're just in a simulation. Apparently. Just more proof that God doesn't exist. <laughs> How could a God let this happen? We're finally getting a season two of Mighty Ducks. With or without Emilio Estevez? Um, it, without. <laughs> okay. I mean, he, he made his choice, right? Yeah, Josh Duhamel. Oh, okay. Is is uh, runs a hockey a summer hockey institute, and he's a former NHL player. Oh, okay. So he's going to be the new, the new one. We're also getting another season of um, the Mysterious Benedict Society. I saw that. Yeah. That was a very quirky little show I like that show a lot so yeah I'm I'm happy that there's going to be a part two yes it was just weird enough to be like to keep your attention yes and you know something that just pops up out of nowhere like that mm-hmm. where you're like oh this doesn't really have like ties to anything that's like right now in the news or whatever Right. Or like, yeah, it's a book series, but I never read those books and can't say that I've ever seen them anywhere, but it made for a hell of a TV show. So I will take it. Are you excited for Disney Plus Day and all the stuff that they're going to release on Disney Plus? You going to watch Thor? Uh, yeah, I'll finally watch Thor. <laughs> uh Pinocchio doesn't look that good. Well, I'm I'm happy that they finally included Pinocchio in the trailer. Yeah, 
I mean, trailer number one had like a silhouette of him and it was like, but it's called Pinocchio. Right. Like, not that nobody doesn't know what he looks like, but what the hell? I, I, I am happy that Tom Hanks looks like Geppetto and Pinocchio looks like Pinocchio. I, I don't get the blue fairy. <laughs> and I know who the actress is. And I think she's very talented, but I don't. You know, if you're going to do that, then why don't you just redesign all the characters? Or is she a minor enough character that you can get some some diversity points? Yeah, I mean, I think I think probably the the edict at Disney is to diversify where you can. Um, and Blue Fairy is probably one of those where they feel like that that's going to be the place that they can do it. Yeah, I mean, she looks more like she'd be perfect for the, um, is it Del Toro was doing Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 look would be perfect in, in his. his version. But who knows? Maybe it'll be an incredible movie. I mean, the fact that it's coming straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, but it's got Tom Cruise. They couldn't. You couldn't, mean Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. <laughs> Whatever. One of Tom those Cruise is Pinocchio. Watch him yes. run as a wooden boy. <laughs> All of a sudden, Pinocchio's on a motorcycle. He's doing backflips and shit. And you're like, what the well, hell? Well, he, he is actually the same height, so. <laughs> Come on, man. He's single-handedly saving uh, Hollywood. Is he? I don't know. You know who's not saving Hollywood? Who? Army Hammer. <laughs> yeah he's batshit crazy yeah he's it's, so he's part of the the hammer um, or yes house of hammer How? yeah but it's it's like Arm and Hammer right that's his father yeah wasn't it yeah so he's part of that fortune. Um, yes. And I think that, you know, when you grow up without any kind of filter to, you know, kind of keep you in check. Well, if you're always told you're, you're pretty and talented and you don't stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you do Lone Ranger. And yeah. suddenly you're faced with failure and it's got to be fucking devastating for somebody like that. Um. But yeah, I mean, when you read about like his sexual exploits and shit, it's he's fucking out there, man. Yeah. And then they find him working at a timeshare place trying to sell timeshares. Right. Um, and I guess Robert Downey Jr. is now paying for his rehab. So. Oh, well, <laughs> then maybe he'll have a rebirth. Look, I'm I'm all for giving everybody second chances, but if you do some horrible shit, you may not need a second chance. I mean, I think we talked about on here before, like when Army Hammer was was really starting to like have problems, like some of the shit that he was being accused of. Right. And it was some like 
fucked up stuff. So I don't know how you come back from that. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess they I guess the the documentary House of Hammer the uh the woman that he's accused of raping was basically like, "Hey, you're exploiting my trauma." Yes. Like this is not cool, man. But, you know, Army Hammer says it was completely consensual. Yeah. I don't know. That's just messed up. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I know Hollywood's all for like, um, trying to give redemption arcs to people, but Mm -hmm. sometimes maybe they don't need them. You have to be, you know, you have to be held accountable. Yeah. Very weird. Uh, So the documentary reiterates claims from Hammer's former girlfriends who said the actor abused them through BDSM sex uh, with one woman known only as Effie claiming he raped her during a four-year affair. Uh, an anonymous source who worked as an assistant to the actor also claimed Hammer forced him into a strip club at 10 a.m. to give him a lap dance, which the employee was uncomfortable doing. Yeah. Um, he also recalled one instance when Hammer drove through a residential area at 140 miles an hour while inebriated. That's fucked up, man. All of that. But... You know, he'll get help and somebody will put him in a movie. Yeah, well, I mean, Johnny Depp's going to be back on Pirates of the Caribbean, so. Yeah, but at least at his trial, the evidence that was presented did not paint him in the light of an abuser. Right. I mean, I can see why Disney would kind of come back and be like, hey, you know, if you want to come back to Pirates, we would let you do it. Right. Um, you know, do I think Johnny Depp never beat his wife? Probably not. I mean, I'm I'm sure there were times he probably slapped her or whatever. Um, you know, he's another out of control while drinking type person. Right. So who knows what the fuck he did, but he's got good lawyers. You know, does that make it right? No, not at all. You should never fucking right. hit anybody. Man, woman, child, whatever whoever the fuck you are. But the, what I saw of the evidence that was presented did not make it look like a dude that hit his wife. And it was very much a guy who walked away from conflict Mm -hmm. and that's what the jury saw. And that's what got him off or not got him off, but they actually, um, ruled in his favor. So, you know, what are you going to do? But I mean, and also if all these people are wrong about Army Hammer, then that's fine. But when you have multiple people coming out and saying he abused me, 
that sounds like that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Hopefully he's held accountable if he actually did it. Right. And that's all you can ask for. Because if it, if it was anybody else and that happened and they weren't famous, they'd be in jail. True. But, you know, whatever. Well, that ended in a dire way. Well, hey, here's something else then. <laughs> okay. Finish strong. <laughs> Did you see that Mickey Dolenz is suing the FBI? No. So apparently, back in the 60s, um, they were accused of projecting subliminal messages during their concerts that had left-wing political leanings. <laughs> they, they included like the riots in Berkeley, uh, the war in Vietnam, the race riots in Selma, Alabama. <sighs> so Mickey has been trying for years under the Freedom of Information Act to get a hold of what they have to find out, you know, what exactly they had. Okay. Um, and he keeps hitting a brick wall. They're not responding. Um, and so he just finally gave up and he filed a lawsuit. Wow. Seeking the release of a file the FBI kept on the rock band during the late 1960s. Yep. Wasn't J. Edgar Hoover still alive at that point? Mm, I don't think Wasn't so. He still in the 60s? I thought he was 50s. J. Edgar Hoover. Let's see. Uh, he died in May of 72. Okay. So when was he? Uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. There, okay, so he... Oh, actually... He, he was in office until May 72. Okay. So he would have been in office running the FBI when the monkeys was on TV. Yep, he also had files on Lenin, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he kept files on fucking everybody. Yeah. I mean, do you think that the FBI just so, just doesn't want to show what they had because they would look stupid? Probably. <sighs> A decade ago, the FBI file on the monkeys was declassified. However, the public document is heavily redacted. Almost unreadably so. <laughs> mm. oh, man. Yeah, and I'm sure it could have been nothing else than, like, somebody at the FBI didn't like the monkeys and the the left leanings of the show, you know, young beatniks yep. playing songs and, like, being lazy or whatever. And so... Well, maybe they're showing subliminal messages at their concerts. We'll open a file. You know. And that's all that you fucking get from them. Maybe they had to send FBI agents to all the monkeys concerts. And like, see if there was actual subliminal messages on the screen. 
at any of the concerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did they even have big screen technology at concerts in the 60s? Apparently they did, if this was a thing. Well, it would have been projection, obviously. Yeah. It wouldn't have been, you know, like you 2 <laughs> Me 3. Five Eva. Five. <laughs> the Monkees were one of the most popular bands in America in 1966 and 1967 and sprinkled anti-war sentiments into songs like Diddy Diego War Chant. <laughs> I don't even remember that song from the Monkees. One of their classics. I mean, yes, very popular. Do you remember the weird monkey revival? Yes. Was it in with the, the 80s? With the new monkeys? Yeah, yeah. Like, was it MTV that ended up showing all the episodes of the monkeys? That sounds right. And like all of a sudden they were popular again. And like my sister was a was a huge fan of the monkeys at that point. And she had all their albums and stuff, and I don't ever remember a song called Diddy Diego War Chant. <laughs> I mean, it's the fucking monkeys, man. How much how much even if they were like anti American, how much could they have actually fucking done? Right. I mean it was two years for Christ's sakes. Right. And now Dolan's is by himself. Poor guy. I wasn't aware until I watched a video recently that um, up until Michael Nesmith's uh, death, he had been touring again with Mickey Dolan's. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess him and Mickey went back out on the road to kind of patch over their relationship and play monkey songs. And then Nesmith died. And now... He's the last one. Yep. Man, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he was still in the FBI. And to show you how hip the the new monkeys was, <laughs> Russell Johnson, the professor from Gilligan's Island, reprised his role on an episode. Really? Yep. How long did the new the new monkeys run for? Only one season, 87. Oh. <laughs> so I typed in new monkeys into Google, and they're just, it brought up actual monkey pictures. Nice. Not of the band, but of actual monkeys. Very nice. But this wasn't like. This was a new group of guys. This wasn't... Oh, yeah. This had nothing to do yeah. with the original band. They lived in a big house that looked like a boombox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. Yeah. Larry, Dino, Jared, and Marty. Okay. <laughs> hey, whatever happened to the new monkeys? Unfortunately, new monkeys misjudged the key appeal of the original monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Formulated because of the 1980s resurgence of the popular monkeys phenomenon, new monkeys saw four teenish boys, this time Larry, Jared, Marty, and Dino, sharing a wild, spacious house together as their band attempted to land a recording deal. Yes. Uh, you can get their uh, their CD for seven ninety nine on um, Amazon. Uh, no. If you prefer vinyl, it's only six bucks. Okay, now that I'm looking at the pictures, I do remember this. Yeah. Yeah, with the weird wild hairstyles and stuff. Yep. But then it wasn't a wild hairstyle. The the big John Bon Jovi mullet. No, that's true. That is absolutely true. But that's wow. Wow, what a weird nostalgia trip this has been. Yes. Ray Boom Boom Mancini was in an episode. Ooh. Yeah. Another holdout of the 60s. <laughs> you think the new monkeys contributed to, like, Backstreet Boys and... Oh, t- the original monkeys did. Yeah, okay. But there was a craze there for a while, like eight, late 80s, early 90s. Yep. Where it was just boy band central. There are actual TV shows about forming boy bands and shit. Right. O-Town. Remember O-Town being a thing? I do. <laughs> uh, where are they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Now I have to look it up. Hang on. This is how we're going to go out. We're looking up O-Town. O-Town. Ashley Angel Parker. Uh, 2013 to present. Uh, on August 2nd, 2019, they released the OTWN album. Uh, O-Town planned on filing a trademark for their band name, which Universal Music Group believed was too similar to the Motown Records label. O-Town, Motown. Hmm. I could see that. I could see being confused. <laughs> one's got really good music and one's got, and one's got shit a bunch of white boy guys. bands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. That's so weird. So many memories. They all went on solo careers and then they reformed because apparently there was a big call for O-Town, I guess. Well, they were no NKOTB, but, you know. <laughs> Look, unless it puked distortion guitars, I didn't even listen to it. So. <laughs> oh, the O-Town, O-TownOfficial.com, though, has a VIP and shop. But they're not playing in Florida. How weird is that? Hmm. They're playing in somewhere called Frenchtown, New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey, spent 20-something years of my life there, and I've never heard of Frenchtown. So wow. it's got to be a big draw. If you want a VIP for their concert, it's $250. Ooh. Uh, VIP includes joining the party early, be our guest before the show, and enjoy spending time with the band while watching Soundcheck. Meet and greet in a photo op, a VIP laminate, and skip the line for a post-show selfie. Well, how many fucking times do you need to meet them? Hmm. 
oh, but there's then there's the <sighs> ultimate VIP. And that includes all the items listed above, plus a pre-show selfie, a pre-show toast, side stage access, watch two songs of the concert from the side stage, and be part of the show. Want a better view from the side stage? How does on stage sound? With fucking O-Town. Uh, I'm really interested to know what the fucking... VIP the ultimate VIP cost though that's actually sold out who the fuck would buy that some 40 plus year old women reliving their their teenage years the ultimate VIP for September 24th in Tennessee is $500 wow Jesus Christ we are in the wrong fucking business <laughs> we should start a boy band. We should start a boy band and manage them. There you, oh, yeah, there you go. I don't want to be in a boy band, but I can make some um I can make some decisions for people. Mm. Oh, there's no merch. I was going to buy you a shirt. That's okay. I'm good. God damn, man. What the fuck, O Town? How much is a ticket to an O-Town concert just regularly? Oh, I don't want to sign in with my fucking Facebook. <laughs> Can't you just show me what the fucking ticket prices are? No, you're going to fucking make me do it. Okay, fine. It's not like I use Facebook anymore anyway. Come on. All right, so... So this is called the Back to the 2000s tour. Aren't we in the 2000s? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I'm not signing up for a fucking email. Okay. So it's O-Town, Atomic Kitten, Shane Ward, Cascada, Fat Man Scoop, Five, Artful Dodger, DJ Sammy, Romeo, Lisa Mafia, and DJ Dan Demand, Kenzie, and Three of a Kind, with tributes to Bruno Mars and Coldplay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you get three nights of shows for $195 a person. Oh, and you have to, like, book a hotel room and shit. What the fuck is this? For them to come to? <laughs> you have to pick... What re what resort would you like to stay at for all three nights? And then who's coming? And then choose your accommodation. So I guess you're renting a hotel room, but you have access to all these bands. Oh, Okay. That's weird. And it's quote unquote live performances from big name acts. I guess they didn't want to advertise those. <laughs> yeah. You don't think artful Dodger is like a top name act. 
I don't even know who the fuck that is. I do not. I I know the name Cascada and um, O Town. Okay. Artful Dodger are an American power pop rock band noted for their rock compositions, quirky lyrics, and vocal harmonies. Very influenced by the Beatles, Faces, and the Rolling Stones. Hmm. Okay. The band was originally called Brat. Uh, they've been around since 19... No, wait. Wait a minute. Hang on. What the... F- they started in 1973? Who? O-Town? Artful Dodger. Oh. Yes. The Artful Dodger has been around since 1973. Oh, well, judging from their album covers, that's correct. <laughs> Maybe they were the original boy band. Well, they're they're listed as playing instruments, so probably not. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. You can go to the back to the two thousands on the seventh through tenth through October. Yeah, I got to pass. Okay. Good food and drinks, and trying to shitty bands. <laughs> Isn't that what you want to see, though? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll buy you tickets to O-Town next time they come to Orlando. Okay. We can go and uh, just heckle them. I'm just going to give the tickets to a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Be that way. Okay. Well, you got anything else for this week? No. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. I'm very upset about Mickey Dolan's passing away. I'm a bereaver. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Like that? (laughs) 